0: And welcome to it's your favorite musical podcast, the podcast show where I recruit you to help me with my boyfriend's musical education.
1: I am the boyfriend.
0: I'm Drew, and your mission today, should you choose to accept it, is to join us as we go deep undercover for a special rendezvous with Agent Scott of SpyHards Podcast.
2: Hello. I love that intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of spy stuff in one little intro, and I love it. Thank you for having me, guys. It's great to have you. How are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, at the time of recording, there's some people quite happy about what's going on with the football, maybe to date this recording. Uh, and maybe tomorrow it comes home or it doesn't. Uh, I couldn't care less, but we'll soon find out. Maybe we <laughs> can edit me saying they won or they didn't win. Yes, we'll do I want to take a
1: about. moment just to say England <laughs> won
2: versus England yeah. lost? <laughs> I'm so happy that England won. Yeah,
1: exactly. This is it. We've we've had so many where we we record in advance. I think we were speaking with Ian from Best Film Ever. And when I cut down to edit, I was like, we have dated this massively. We're talking about April events.
2: Yeah, that's actually one of the ones I listened to today, uh, funnily enough, um, preparing for this. And I did notice the April thing. I'm trying to keep it current, guys.
1: (laughs) We always try to keep it current. And the problem is we go off on tangents. But that's the fun of podcasting. Mm Yeah. So you're here to talk to us about your favourite musical. And it's one that we're both very familiar with and mm-hmm. also big fans of. Yes. And I saw that you watched it earlier today in kind of anticipation of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that sends it up really, doesn't it? It's, uh, of course, 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, I've got a lot to say about it, but it is by far my favourite musical. So what? is it about it that
1: makes it your favorite musical that's what we're here to talk about today uh how were you first introduced to it because this is one that I I first watched when I was 18 and a lot of people that tell me like how had you not seen it before
2: I think my story is probably quite similar to you in that sense um I watched it I was probably about 18 or 19 and I was introduced to it by my girlfriend at the time. And don't worry, uh, I will badmouth her at some point today, but she won't be listening because any any podcast I'm on, I think she'd rather, you know, pierce her ears and listen to me. So that's fine. <laughs> but she was a, a, a drama student and did, did musical art. She did like, amateur dramatics and stuff like that. And she actually played Magenta in a live performance of Rocky Horror. Cool. So it was her favorite musical. And so she introduced me to it and it became my favourite musical, even though it's something like, since breakup, you think I've maybe want to distance myself from, but it's just a fantastic, fantastic, uh, I mean, the the soundtrack is terrific. I've seen it in both live performance. I've seen the movie live. I've seen the movie live with people performing it at the same time. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I've also gone to it dressed as Frankenfurter.
1: Excellent. Oh, that is so bold.
2: Yeah, well, it was a cold day, I'll tell you that much. But uh,
1: <laughs>
2: unfortunately, there is a photo out there somewhere, but it's owned by said X. So I'll never see that photo again, I don't think. Unless she wants to blackmail me down the road. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Sounds sound like a plot of a spy movie. I have always wanted to do one of those events dressed as Frank Inferta, but I always seem to bottle it at the last minute and think, I'll just do something else
2: instead. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you can cheat it by wearing the Frankenverter outfit with like the medical gown on top. Yes. So that then you've is gone as Frankenfurter, but you're not necessarily wearing a corset.
1: <laughs> I might have to do and that, that. And then it will double up if I ever wanted to dress as the Joker when he's in nurse form in Dark Knight.
2: And it's like a double not kind the of. Same
0: back... outfit. It's, it's close <laughs>
1: enough.
2: You could, you could maybe upcycle it in between, you know. But there's a secondary reason this musical kind of hit home for me. And I, I suppose I'll spill the beans early on before we get into the nitty gritty of the, the film and the musical itself is it kind of hit me at a time that was quite pivotal because I really wasn't that involved in sort of LGBT at that point. I really wasn't... My eyes weren't particularly open to the world around me. And this film really showed me like a lot of options and it really opened some doors for me in that sense. I mean, it taught me a lot about um, love and relationships that maybe I hadn't explored before, which is quite heavy for a musical,
1: Yeah. I mean, we we, we covered In the Heights a few weeks ago and we we talked about how musicals have often been seen as kind of that just escapism that you sit and you're entertained. They're usually lighthearted and Mm -hmm. uh, don't really have much serious commentary. But there is space for musicals to have a much bigger impact than just sit down for two and a half hours, watch some fancy dance moves and enjoy some singing. And I think we all access the world differently, that different media sings to us in different ways. And Rocky Horror, I think, is one, like you were saying, that came at a time when I didn't necessarily understand the world and it just opened my eyes. There was more to the world than what I knew.
0: So it's interesting because... The sort of legacy of Rocky Horror is considered to be a huge influence on the counterculture and sexual liberation of the LGBTQ plus community. Sort of that followed on in the seventies because the original musical came out in seventy three, and then the film came out after.
1: And of course, Tim Curry was the original Frank and Virtue, and then followed it onto film.
0: Yes, because it was essentially written for him. Yeah, because it was written around his voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes sense.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: So you said how you were introduced to it by your ex because they were magenta in it. So did you see the film version first or did you see her version first?
2: I think I heard her version first from practising at home. But uh, no, I, I saw the film version first and then I saw, I believe, their performance live. And then I... Then saw, because it, it usually plays at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Most yes, it least. does.
0: Yes, it does. One of our first dates was to see that.
2: <laughs> there you go. And, and I saw it there. And then I saw that other live mixed performance because one of the, maybe we'll get into the history of it being done and replayed in cinemas. It's actually the longest running, longest released film in all of time, I believe. Like it's still yeah. in the theaters. It's still making money. Um, there's a, some people do like live performances with the film. So they'll yeah. dress up as the characters and sing along or mime along to the film which is a strange experience but that was fun too.
0: That's great. There's a sometimes the Prince Charles Cinema they do a drag night for it and they have all mm-hmm. drag queens come out to perform <laughs> Rocky Horror and it's incredible.
1: That'd be fantastic. I um I remember I had to write an essay at university studying film and one of them was about cult film phenomenon and I remember talking about how the Rocky Horror Picture Show was something that became an event that you weren't just sat there passive mm-hmm. you were actively involved be it throwing toilet paper at great scott or be it shouting "asshole" when brad was on the on the screen that mm-hmm. it was completely different than anything else like what was the difference between i actually made the comparison and this is probably not the most appropriate comparison but i made the comparison between rocky horror picture show and titanic so why don't people throw like ice up in the air when it hits the iceberg and you know, why do to...
0: I have seen a thing recently where people say that they'd love to have a Rocky Horror movie experience, but for Mamma Mia, which I think is a great idea.
2: I would go to that. I think everyone would just start singing with Mamma Mia.
0: Yes. And I would
2: <laughs> throw <laughs>
0: confetti at each other and
2: <laughs> Who's your
1: daddy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my favourite interactive Rocky Horror line is when they're approaching the Frankenstein place and she gets the Newspaper to put on her head? Yes. Uh, This is Janet, I should preface. And you're supposed to shout out, buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch. like yeah it, it's such a crass thing to say but it just makes you laugh It and I think that is the fun of Rocky
1: Horror because it doesn't take itself seriously as a show mm. it knows what's going to happen so we'll talk about live performances in a moment I'm sure but when you go and you see the Rocky Horror live with an audience and there's all these moments of interplay with you and the actors on stage if you've only ever seen the film it's quite jarring but if you've been part of this experience, mm-hmm it's just phenomenal to go time and time again. Like it gives new life to quite an old show.
2: Yeah. One of the interesting things with Rocky Horror as well is when it's staged, having different actors in the roles can really change the performance. Whereas if something like say the Lion King, someone's playing Mufasa, it will tend to be always the same sort of thing with Mufasa. Yeah. Someone playing Frankenfurter can be wildly different.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think that's what's so fun about it is that there's so much options when you play the characters that no two rocky horror casts will ever be the same and it does mean that it's not one that you know you feel you've seen you never need to see again there is an urgency to see it each time it comes on a tour nearby because you know it's fun but you also know you might get something new like you say Mufasa kind of difficult to play him in more than one way so mm-hmm. it, when you have characters like Brad like Janet like frankenfurter there's so much you can do with them mm-hmm. that changes it tremendously
0: yeah i know the the they did a filmed version of the stage show that was shown on television i think it's for the 40th anniversary of rocky horror and david bedella who is currently in and juliet yeah played frank Inferta. and he was amazing and you you sort of don't realize that it's not tim curry anymore when you have an actor that's sort of embodying it in their own way you just forget about the sort of preconceived versions of it that you have.
2: Mm. Is this the one where um, Tim Curry came back as the criminologist?
0: No, that was the 35th anniversary.
2: That was the American one, right.
0: Yeah, the 40th anniversary, we had Stephen Fry. Wow. Giles from Buffy. Anthony
2: Stewart Head. Anthony Stewart, Anthony
0: Stewart Head. Um, they had Richard O'Brien come out. They had either Mel or Sue from Bake Off.
1: can't remember which one.
0: One of them, (laughs) the blonde one,
1: right?
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The one from Taskmaster, yeah, she was on Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah. she was on Taskmaster. Yes,
0: yeah, and they had they they all played the criminologist, so they were all in a different scene, and they would come on in the same outfit as the criminologist. I think Mel B was in it as well. Nice. It was very cool, but Anthony Stewart Head was in the um, Eddie's Teddy scene, which was really good.
2: I could see that actually. So he sung the um the Eddie song basically. Yeah,
0: it was really fun. Great.
2: Definitely Great. that.
1: So what is it specific? Is there one thing specifically that brings you back to the Rocky Horror Picture Show time again? Is it just being part of the experience? Is it the playlist, or is it just you know this nostalgia and almost a desire to to replicate that
2: first experience seeing it? It's just one of those films that despite being quite ludicrous in its concept, I find completely wholesome. (laughs) And I just sort of revel in, in the film itself in it's sort of ludicrous nature and the colorful characters. I remember all of the songs uh, there's not, I mean, there's a couple of maybe not so good ones we'll get to, but uh, (laughs) I enjoy every, every track on the soundtrack and I can put it on the background of the film or go see it live and I'll guarantee myself a good time. It will never be a bad performance.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that,
1: so you, you've you obviously started with the film. You've then seen your ex in it. How many times have you seen this show in a different format? Because it, it exists quite a lot. I know that for me, it was the first time I'd seen it was with a friend at 18. And the mm-hmm. next time I watched it, the next kind of exposure I'd had to Rocky Horror was Glee does the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. I, and yeah. it wasn't until, I think, 20... Fifteen, I went to see it live and I had like a big gap in between of, of kind of no Rocky Horror and then 2015 I was like oh I have to get back into this world so what is it like for you what, what would you say was the, the the format of seeing the media
2: I, I mean most times I've watched it, it has been on either DVD or Blu-ray at home uh I've but I have seen it I think most inclinations you can think of. So I've seen the Glee version. Mm-hmm. I did then see the... I saw the 35th anniversary one, the Americanized one with Tim Curry back. I do not seen the 40th one. I trying to think of any other... Obviously, I've seen it live. I've seen it, the movie live. Apart from that, I can't think of any other versions.
0: Did you watch the television film that NBC did for their NBC Live?
2: That's the one I'm thinking of with Tim Curry.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah, no, Tim Curry did both of those then.
2: Oh, okay, so yeah, there was a... I remember there was a, a live one um, and the person playing Frankenfurter, who I can't remember for the life of me, unfortunately...
0: Laverne Cox. Uh,
2: that's the name. Yes, correct, that's it. And Tim Curry was back in that one as a criminologist. So it's nice to see it's like twice and I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So would You're you out rank... Rocky me.
1: How would you rank them then in terms of the ones you've seen? Like, are there any that for you feel... You've seen them once, that's more than enough. Or would you recommend anyone who's a fan of them, do you think they're accessible? Because I haven't seen the, is it Laverne Cox version? Yeah, it's
0: the 2016
1: mm. So I've not seen that one. Mm. I don't think I've seen anything other than, you know, the, the Prince Charles kind of sing-along experience, the stage show Glee and the actual film itself. So it's quite a bit I'm missing
2: I would recommend... Actually, I would recommend the film at home as an entry point to it. I think going to a live performance with people shouting at the screen, trying to enjoy it for the first time is probably quite a big ask. Yeah. Um, I think you need to be maybe slightly more enveloped in the world. So by watching it at home, you know, with your loved ones or your family or your friends or by yourself, it's probably the best way to enjoy it the first time just to get a feel for what you might be into or in for when you go and see it live and there's 10 frankenfurters in the room
1: (laughs) yeah i know exactly what you mean it's almost like it's almost like any passion you might have for it is gone because you make this preconceived notion about the world around you and Mm. you can't enjoy it fully because there's even more distance from it. And if you're, you're kind of already, if you go in, never see it, and you see like 10 people walking as Frank Ferta, you're not going to have that experience, that brilliant moment where Tim Curry comes down from the, what are we are calling a lift?
0: Elevator. Elevator. Sure.
1: And, you know, makes one of the best entrances in any film ever. You don't have that same kind of moment like Brad and Janet do. If you've already been exposed to people dressing as frank and around you
2: i i would make it i i'd say it's akin to maybe going to a convention and say like you've just watched your first episode of star trek and you're like oh i'm kind of interested in star trek and then you go to a trek convention and everyone's wearing the uniforms and talking about their favorite episodes from season four of the next generation and you're just there like i have no idea what's going on
1: yeah absolutely i i can i think that is the best comparison you can make for this in the same way, I think that maybe seeing it live in terms of the stage show itself, that's quite a jarring experience. Now, I loved it because I always love a bit of audience participation, but when you have... Mm-hmm. Is it Nick? Why can't I... Really... riff, raff. riff raffs. I'm really confusing <laughs> with my Bond today.
2: Get Bond out your brain, yeah. Man with the golden <laughs> gun over here.
1: When you have riffraff opening the door and you have, hello... <laughs> What's your favourite Lionel Richie song? You know, that moment, if you... <laughs> that's and one of my favourite it's shout such outs. a great moment of interaction but if you're sat there in a theatre used to the idea of you applaud at the end you're not understanding this well so you do have to start with the film get a sense of it before you then go to the next level
0: on the topic of audience shout outs what is your favourite audience interaction in the show
2: I think it's probably that line I mentioned earlier is my is my favourite cheap laugh.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, Um absolutely. Just I I just hmm. I don't think it was any more like a, a like a physical gag. Um, no. Nothing sweet. So that line is the one that when I saw it live the first time that way and someone shouted out, buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch. I just <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing for about five minutes because it it surprised me. I didn't know the because this is this is I suppose what we're talking about leading into it as well is if you're not prepared for it. Someone shouting that out next to you full volume "Buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch against mm-hmm. the film is talking to you at the same time. You'd have you'd be like, why is this guy shouting at the screen?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah and it
1: is but you're right it's that moment when you first kind of are aware and I think for me it always has been that what's your favourite Lionel Richie song for me was that one that just made me laugh I had no expectation when we went to the theatre to see it and then I just heard someone shout I thought oh that's so cool that's that's phenomenal.
0: (laughs) See mine is an unofficial one.
1: Oh really? Yeah
0: because there's there's a lot of them that happen every time you go and see it and it Happens over and over again, but we took Mm -hmm. my brother to see it in the Prince Charles Cinema, and they give you a goodie bag full of things to use throughout the show. And one Mm -hmm. of those things is a um, party popper. Yes, and (laughs) I wonder what the American name for party poppers is. I don't know. Party popper. I guess it must be the same. But you know, you at the end of the scene where him and Brad are in bed together, you're supposed to pull it then, where he shouts, "I'm coming," and Instead, my brother saved his for the scene in which uh dies. And at the moment at which we learn that Frankenfurter is dead, he pulled his party popper and the entire audience screamed. And it was amazing.
2: And see, that's what helps with seeing the film first, because he could make that joke.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's he was
2: perfect.
0: prepared for that joke in advance.
2: He was ready.
1: But I think that's the great thing about it is you could go see the show so many times and actually when you have that interaction, it will never be the same. People will walk, Hope maybe people would have walked away from you on going, I can't believe that joke. That was great. How has that never been done before? How have I never heard that joke before? I'm going to do it when I next go see Rocky Horror. And maybe that's a trend that's now been started. Mm. I'm certainly going to do it the next time we see it. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll all go together.
2: Let's, yes. let's all save our party poppers for the end. I'm in London. Yeah. You're in London. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Prince Charles is opening up soon, if not already. Definitely want to get there for a. Uh...
2: I want if to you do Frank or I'll Frankenfurter.
1: <laughs> I want to go as Rocky. That's the thing.
2: <laughs> you better get running, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
1: exactly. That's my fitness goal, just so I can do Rocky.
0: See, I've always wanted to do the the Janet. This because I'm really bad. The Janet underwear outfit. Yes. Because I have previously yes. gone as Janet in her little pink dress, and I won an award mm. for it. Heck yeah! But her underwear outfit, where they take her clothes away from her and she's just stood there in her little like petticoat, so funny. I mean,
2: I had a question for you guys actually. Um, I know, I know this is you guys talking to me about this film, but I want to ask you about it's the film itself and now in 2021 now obviously we we all seem to really discover this around about the same time but that was i don't know early 2000s
0: 2000s entirely depend on how old you are
2: (laughs) so that's very true
1: 2008 the first time i watched this which okay yeah so i was a few before you
0: (laughs) what 11.
1: you'd have God, I ha- you'd have been 13 the first time I watched this.
0: Yeah, and I didn't see this until I was about 15.
2: So about 2010.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, so that's, that's that's 11 years of change. But I, I suppose it's like in the last few years, especially I think uh, the, the view of especially um, trans rights and things like that have really come to the forefront. And I wonder sometimes if this film is going to become a bit of a relic
1: Yes, I know we've talked about this before because there are some terms that are no longer used Mm -hmm. because they are not appropriate, they are not correct. And they never were, but definitely, as, as you say, as the conversation has come more to the forefront in culture, it's become more apparent that certain words are a sign of the times and kind of not really acceptable nowadays. They were never
2: acceptable, but they were kind of tolerated. And now that's gone. Mm -hmm. I think. I
1: don't,
2: I don't think anyone um, can earnestly say this film is taking pot shots at people.
1: Yes. I, I don't think it is. I don't know. I think there's one song, especially that, As Much As I May Love It, is definitely a song that feels you won't hear it as much. You know, if you were outside of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's a song that you won't hear. And it's maybe a song that would change when you see it live.
0: Uh, I don't think it will, based on the fact that we still have things like Annie shown at Christmas, which is inherently Mm -hmm. worse, if you think about it too hard. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of controversy around the Rocky Horror Picture Show. If you look through, you can literally just Google Rocky Horror Picture Show problematic, and you will get hundreds and hundreds of articles going back to like 2010, talking about, okay, well, should we stop showing this? Should people be watching this anymore? Because the terminology is wrong and we shouldn't be calling people these things anymore. However... So he's the only person who refers to himself as a transvestite and the name of the, oh, I can never remember which way around it is. Transsexual, transsexual,
1: transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania.
0: And I can never remember whether that's the planet and the galaxy or the galaxy and the planet.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's
1: one The
2: fun planet concerned. is transvestite, the galaxy is Transylvania.
1: Nice. <laughs> you clearly
0: know more about this than me. This is nice.
2: A, transsexual <laughs> Transylvania, that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You are right, no one else ever refers to him in that way, and it's that's the label he has chosen for himself, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not so bad because that's how Frankenfurter refers to himself,
0: yes. And this movie has saved people's lives. One yeah. of the things that Laverne Cox talked about when she portrayed Frankenfurter as a trans woman, she was sort of reclaiming this for herself, and she said that while if anybody else called her by any of those words, she would be wildly offended, as she should be, Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. it's the character self-identifying, and that when this movie came out in the 70s, that was really important. People didn't openly self-identify using those words. Yeah. So it's sort of an in-between one. I mean, don't go around the school playground singing Sweet Transvestite, but... Also, I don't think they're ever going to stop showing Rocky Horror because it is so important. It really is. Like, for me, when I watched it, it was the first sort of movie I'd ever seen where you had a trans character yeah. as the lead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or at the very least, a character who explored their own gender.
1: Definitely.
2: And it's not really played for jokes either.
1: Yeah, it's taken very seriously. who he is. Yeah. And I think certainly there's a lot more problematic things out there that are still seen today and are still accepted obviously on spy hards you will talk about the james bond franchise which is not without its flaws mm-hmm. and its its history and i think yeah. i i i don't think rocky horror is one we're in danger of losing mm. but i certainly think it's one where the conversation i mean the same way that greece greece is a very difficult show as well for a, a multitude of reasons and that is still presented today, I think.
2: I think the, the thing to keep in mind is the positive nature and the positive message behind the show. Yes. And, you know, that's that's what Richard O'Brien was striving for when he wrote it. Uh, that's what he always maintains in interviews. He is a, a very progressive man. And so I don't think... I mean, maybe it's not the sort of film you're going to show to your kids. <laughs> but I don't see it necessarily dying off. There it, it might just be a few less showings in 20 years time, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it has officially been mm. uh, selected for preservation for the library of Congress. So that was in 2005. So we're never losing well, this film.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing as well is this is a Fox property, 20th century Fox, and they were brought by Disney.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there was always a potential when this happened that they were going to vault to the film. Yes. and that was one of the fears people had but um it was actually granted a special license by disney to allow them to keep showing it in theaters so the disney are aware of the cultural significance of this film and they are not intending to get rid of it so yes, that's good
0: but that also means that they don't have to put it on disney plus yeah
2: if
1: it's still being shown in theaters
2: that's true are we now in more
1: danger than ever at having a proper theatrical redo no. Of Rocky Horror, do you think. Then with Disney thinking, oh, we've got this license let's do something. Or do you think? God, I hope not.
2: Based on, I, I don't see it. The
1: no, NBC no.
0: one.
1: I don't know. We can look forward to Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson as Brad and Janet. How <laughs> milk
2: toast is that? That's just I really... uh, you could you could do better. Oh well, God!
1: The, there's only one person I would ever think in a new version of Rocky Horror that I would cast, like knowing for what this person would do well or not, and that would be Jack Black as Eddie. That's true. (laughs) He is the only person.
2: Perfect. Oh, my God. I never thought of that. I was really worried about
1: what you were going to say. But there is no one else out there that justifies a need for a Rocky Horror picture show remake. And, again, you wouldn't... If they ever did one, they probably wouldn't cast Jack Black and it's going to be worse for it. And mm. I just it is
0: You know who they would cast? Jason Derulo.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that god. would be James Corden as Eddie, wouldn't it? Yeah.
2: Oh god. <laughs> god. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Cancel it. Cancel it. Vault to the yeah. film. I don't want to see it anymore.
1: Uh, I it's definitely one of those that I think is timeless and The film is such a special thing and it does live on and as a result will never need a redo. And because of the the, the majesty of live theatre, the Rocky Horror Picture Show exists and you can explore new casts via that. Mm. But it is one that I think should be left alone and just left to be enjoyed within the knowledge of how important it has been and just having a good time with... The, the community
0: yeah so here on it's your favorite musical podcast we always ask the same three <clears throat> questions of our guests mm-hmm. okay. which are if you could be in rocky horror who would you want to play what is your best song on the soundtrack and what is your skip it song on the soundtrack
2: okay who would so i, I play...
0: Who you play yeah
2: um i think other people might have different opinions of of me on this one but i will <laughs> go with uh Riff raff. Excellent. That's a good choice. I think I I don't think I can quite hit the uh, Tim Curry notes. I do have a, a little bit of a voice. I can maybe do the riff raff songs. I can I could definitely do a science fiction double feature to some credit. So maybe that. And I I, I already don't have any hair, so I I suppose I'm on par with him in that <laughs> sense.
1: <laughs> it is a difficult one because there's so many good roles playing it. Like I'd love to just be Eddie. You know, come in, do you five minutes, and off you go. Mm-hmm being frankenfurred obviously you get the kind of spectacle being brad is quite fun because you can just be this like superman-esque <laughs> all-american character and then you mm. do have riffraff who has to appear kind of inconspicuous and kind of like an afterthought until the end mm. and that would be quite a fun moment to have as well Is just kind of not stealing the scenery kind of being forgotten before you then step forward and it was like oh
2: Riff, raff. I, I really want that trident gun at the end. That's what I really am aiming for. Yeah. I want the alien, the alien leader suit, and the trident gun. Yes,
0: <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Who would you? What's your best song?
2: I was thinking about this before. I aim on, and I really am stuck between two. Uh, so I, I might have to throw them both out. But then, if you tell me to pick one, I will pick one. No, that's okay.
1: I, 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 I play hard and fast with the rules here, and I will often give multiple best songs, if the occasion permits. And I think with Rocky Horror, it's so difficult because there are so many good songs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's uh, I, I listened to the soundtrack. I, I walked a dog before this and listened to the whole soundtrack all the way through, again, <laughs> after watching the film. So I've heard it all twice today. <laughs> My favourite song is kind of a double header in the film, and it's Sweet Transvestite followed by I Can Make You A Man. Yeah. And, and neither of those are riffraff songs, but it's just Tim Curry singing to the back of the theater and it's it's just fun they're full of fun songs yeah Uh, and they're the ones i often find myself singing in the shower
1: yeah it is just such a great entrance that that opening a bit of how do i is, is so brilliant and it is one of those songs you can listen to again and again and again
2: yeah, it's um if you if you look on my Spotify, they're the ones that had the most plays and the most repeats. <laughs> but um, what about you guys?
1: Oh, I think I would have to go with "Sweet Transvestite" as my best song as well. But then I do also like "Damn It, Janet." That's one that I do listen to quite a bit because I just think it's such a fun opening number. Yeah,
0: mine's either "Damn It, Janet"
1: I'm-
0: or "Hot Tootie."
2: Hopetunity is a great one, though it's it's a really fun song. It's yeah. just a, it's like it just stands out in its own like its its own little section in the film because that's the only time you actually get to see Eddie. Well, not the only time. But, <laughs> uh, What's the song yeah. we
1: have where Rocky Rocky song where he's like the sword of Damocles? Is, yeah, that's what it's called. Is that I was going to get to that. No, I was going to get to that. Yeah, that yeah. I like, but I think that's more for the actual spectacle when you watch it. Like, I just quite like the, the visual of him running away and Frank and Verta manically chasing him and then just kind of cooing over his muscles. Mm.
0: See, that's really interesting because we get onto our Skip It song. I mm-hmm. would say Sword of Damocles would be my Skip It song yeah. until I just started playing it through in my head and that, it, it wouldn't be my Skip It song. It's so funny because you just sort of enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah. So what do we think? What would Skip It songs be?
2: Um, Well, interestingly, I would have picked Sword of Damocles if it was on the actual soundtrack.
0: Officially it is, and Make You a Man isn't on the original soundtrack that came out in 1975.
2: Well, tell that to Spotify, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't like Sword of Damocles. I'm not really a big fan of any of the Rocky songs. Yeah. I I find his voice quite especially on the film version, quite grating, a better live. But uh, I'm actually going to go for a controversial choice for Skip Song. Always we love a bit of controversy. Yeah, this might, I mean, this this might get me cancelled. It probably won't, but we'll see. I would Skip Time Warp.
0: I can understand why. So what we always say when we talk about our best song and our Skip It song is if you were in the car, driving somewhere and this song came on would you play this song all the way through or would you skip it and I think that's fair if time, if we were on a, a driving somewhere and time warp came on I would probably be like this is no fun I can't dance to it right now
1: I also think once you've heard it once it's one of those that the novelty because it, it is the most overplayed song on this The mm-hmm. novelty of it does wear off and when i saw it live you get time warp maybe three or four times
0: yeah you get the uh encore and, and
1: by the time you get to that final one you're just like i'm time warped out mm-hmm. and i think it's yeah sure. i know i i can come i i i'm trying to think through what my skip it song is and i will always listen to the majority of the soundtrack but there are some times when we're driving and i just think i've heard time warp recently or and even if i've not heard it for a month Sometimes I just think because it is the one I've heard more than
2: any else. Mm. It's also got the whole thing of, I mean, we're all British. Yeah. yeah. We've all been to British weddings, especially in the, you know, 90s and (laughs) noughties. You get the time warp. Everyone does the time warp. Okay. It's like the original Macarena. Yes. And so I knew this song from when I was a kid.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. It wasn't really cool seeing it in the film. And I've had it played. It even gets played on the radio sometimes now. Yeah. And you just think, I'd rather hear one of the much better songs from the soundtrack. And I, I don't really want to think about my aunt falling over doing the time warp.
1: <laughs> or your aunt thrusting. Yeah.
2: It... Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> thank you for that. That's bad.
1: <laughs> no, but I, no, I completely agree with you. It is something that you see far too many people doing. And actually, it is one that I think, you know this song before you see Rocky Horror. So when you see it, there's almost there is almost maybe a more disconnect you know if you you are watching rocky horror for the first time in 2021 you are bound to know the time warp and mm-hmm. will there be an element of you just turn off through this song and does could the film lose you because this song is so well
2: known I think in the film, it would probably keep your interest because you've got all the actual dancing yeah. and the interaction with Riff Raff and Magenta and that sort of dancing around the background. And then Columbia's little skippity-doo-dah bit. Um, that's kind of fun. But yeah. I, I when I was listening to the soundtrack before recording, I skipped this song.
1: <laughs> there we go. So proof is in the pudding. I think, yeah, that would be one that I would consider a skip it song. There's also the one at the end where... Frankenfurter is singing in the pool. Don't
0: dream it, be it.
1: Yeah, that one I can't say I've ever listened to. See,
0: I like that one. My Mm. problem is with Planet Hot Dog.
1: Yeah.
0: You're a hot dog, but you better not try to hurt her. And, like, it's the same sort of repeated over and over again. Yeah. So I would skip that one.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've ever added that to any playlist. So for me, that would probably be my Skip It song. And I'd be inclined to have the time warp, but maybe... If it was half the length. You know, two <laughs> times out of five, I'll skip it. Mm. So that, yeah, I, I can completely understand. I don't think it's controversial at all. I think time warp is one that you love. And I think you do have to be standing for it. You're, if you're on your own doing the cleaning, it's not as fun as if you're in a...
0: How dare you? I do the time warp every time I do the laundry.
1: But it's not as fun if you're in a thea- as if you're in a theatre with, with all these people also yes. doing it.
2: Especially the pelvic thrust part. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially the pelvic thrust
1: part. So, obviously, I've seen this one, um, Drew's seen this one. How would you go about saying this? For anyone who is listening to this one uh, and has never been a part of the Rocky Horror Picture, what would you say to somebody, you know, if you interacted with them, who has never since, how would you sell it to them?
2: I'd probably go from two angles. Firstly, as a part of cinema history, because this film was the successor to films like Reefer Madness in terms of the midnight movie screenings yeah um and it's still played today it still has relevance and it's still fun so there's that you kind of go if people are still watching it now 35 years on
1: something, something like, like that, that. my maths yeah. isn't great 40, 45 years on maybe yeah 46
2: yeah. even yeah 46 years on they're still watching it in cinemas there's got to be something right about it yeah that's a fair point point. and i would also point out it's just got a killer soundtrack of songs that you'll remember and characters you won't forget. Yeah, definitely. It,
1: Your life won't be it, the same for it.
2: Yeah, you always remember the first time you did the time warp.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. I remember jump being forced to jump up on my bed and being told how to do it and nearly breaking the bed and having to stop. <laughs> Is you that the pelvic thrust it. part? <laughs> I think it was the jump to the left.
2: ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah oh i i i do feel i need to re-watch the rocky horror picture show though now i think just talking about it it's one of those i can't watch a lot you know it's kind of a every year maybe every two years type view. but when you watch it, you're just like oh, i forgot how good it is i i want to go rewatch it now i think that's our evening you've watched it today we're going to watch it this evening
2: I expect a a -a tweet-a-thon. I want to hear your thoughts afterwards.
1: (laughs) So before we do um, say our goodbyes, obviously uh, you host a fantastic podcast, uh, SpyHards. Talk to our listeners. Plug SpyHards.
2: What can I say about SpyHards? We are a weekly movie podcast, myself and my co-host Cam the Provocateur, and we look at spy cinema, every week and we tackle the best and the worst that it has to offer basically to try and figure out if it makes what we call the knock list which is the need to see official classics of the spy hearts podcast so basically if someone said to you hey what's a good spy film i could pull up this list and guarantee they're all hits
1: well i can certainly say that true lies is one of my favorite films and and that i i mean that is
2: is up there as one of the best spy films i've ever seen i know it's on your knock list Mm-hmm. all right. and that was the first time i actually watched it for the podcast and there's several films i have discovered through this podcast that are now on in my collection personally and in my sort of all-time best films of all time list
1: yeah and i think it's very interesting there's a lot of films you know that i've watched before you know the james bond franchise i grew up watching the born films gave me something when maybe bond didn't scratch that itch but there are mm-hmm. other films so for instance uh uh the flint series you know that yes I'd never heard of, and listening to you discuss them has been like, ah, oh, I need to check these films out because there's so much more to the spy genre than, you know, what Bond and Bourne maybe make people think.
2: That that was kind of one of the the things we considered when starting the podcast is how big is the spy genre? And we were amazed by how many different sub-genres there are within it.
1: Yes, yeah, because we, we spoke to you earlier about, you know, spy kids yes it's called spy it's in the name but does that count is it you know true to form and you know there's so much that it's not just um espionage there is you know child-friendly spy action as well
2: yeah i mean even if you look at our, our current schedule at the time of recording we've gone from you know a bond film to a charlie's angels which are you know two bombastic things with stuff like ronin which is a really deep and serious spy film, and then next week we're doing a, a, a spy film from the 40s that everyone's forgotten about. Excellent. It's, it's, for me, it's been really interesting to sort of go through cinema cinema history and find out how spy films have changed.
1: Yeah, because it will be, especially when you think back to the 40s and obviously what the world was like then and the very real threats that espionage had through the 40s and through the Cold War up until today that, you know, the uh, world has changed and I think spy films are a really good Platform to show that change. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, one of the final questions we'll ask you before we sign off you love musicals, we love musicals. Are there any spy films that you've watched that you think would lend themselves to <laughs> an adaptation or, uh, you know, a musical version?
2: Hmm. I've got two that spring to mind. One is already loosely a musical. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with the other one first, just because the film is so ludicrous. And that is the James Bond film, Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. Which of course has a fun connection to today's film. Yeah. Mr. Charles Gray himself, who plays Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> um, it that's it's set in Vegas. There are kind of musical numbers in the film. It's it's the most outrageous of the Sean Connery films, and I could easily see that being turned into a rah rah musical.
1: Yeah. I could see that. I think, and you've already got, you know, one of the big songs that would go along with it in Diamonds Are Forever. You know, that would uh-huh. have to be
2: a moment. That's 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 probably your opening song, or maybe it's it's your crescendo at the end. Yes. Um, and the other one, which I said was sort of loosely musical, but there are a couple of musical numbers in the films. Are the sort of Austin Powers series? That's
1: what we were saying earlier today. Is when, when we thought about that question. I could see Austin Powers working as a musical, if, if yes. Austin Powers 4 came out and it was a musical, I don't think I'd bat an eyelid.
2: I wouldn't be surprised, surely. I, I may be disappointed that I didn't get my proper clothes off. I still think they need a fourth Austin Powers film. We've been deprived right. of it for so long. I want to see Seth Green as a full-on Dr. Evil.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but, uh, that bait at the end of, of Goldmember.
2: Yeah, I hate that sort of sting and they don't do anything about it. But you know, we haven't covered those yet. I'm actually looking forward to going back to those at some point.
1: Well, between that and my other option, I was thinking Johnny English would make a tremendous uh, musical. I could see that sort of going in the realm of like spam a lot or something like yes. that, which is more mm-hmm. witty. Exactly. I could see that 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 kind of filling that spam a lot. Almost, you know, a more pantomime-esque musical with, you know, Man for all seasons at some point as well
2: there. Oh no, it couldn't.
1: <laughs> oh yes, it could. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on, especially, you know, it's a sunny Saturday for once, at least where we are. You know, we've had a bit of bad weather lately and, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: No, it's been my absolute pleasure. It was a pleasure to go back and rewatch it for this. I don't really need an excuse to watch Rocky Horror. And if this helps make a few people check it out for the first time, then my work here is done. Drew and Danny, I really want to thank you both for having me.
1: No, thank you. Mission definitely accomplished on this one, I think.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> As always, you can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod, and you can also follow Spyhards on Instagram and Twitter at Spyhards for some excellent undercover content. You can find Spyhards and It's a Musical Podcast on All Good Podcast platforms we are on apple podcasts we're on spotify we are on google podcasts on the amazon music app under the podcast section we are on stitcher and we are on our og hosts Podbean. and if you like this episode if you like what we do head on over to podchaser.com head on over to applepodcast.com and leave us a five-star review and download an episode of spyhards whilst you are at it Thank you so much for joining us for this month's edition of It's Your Favourite Musical Podcast. We will see you, same bat place, same bat channel, on Musical Monday for our next episode. And
0: have a wonderful musical month.
1: See you next week.